Hello, welcome back to the I Am Certain That This Is A Podcast podcast. podcast. I am your host, Mark Paul Freeman, here with my wife, Anna Paul Freeman. That's me. And producer and guitarist and mixer and all the other things. Bassist. Daniel Folgato. Organist. Organist, my favorite new title. There you go. I like that too. What are the chances we have the the same last name? Pretty high (laughs) considering the circumstances. But Mary otherwise, jokes. not very high. Mary jokes. Uh, so we're here to talk what about... the odds that you guys have my last name? Solo. That is low. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> uh, this is song number six on the album, Certain. Mm-hmm. Song is titled... Well, as Emerson, our four-year-old would say, Rebible. 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 Mm. Which if you I kinda use, like it. If you yeah. use the proper <laughs> letters. The song's called Revival. Yep. Um if you listen to the last episode, this is the actual song where uh the previous song came from. Um this is the song that really has the well, this was the intended song. This is the song you wrote first. Um so we can get more into what this song truly is and what and where it came from. Uh but yeah, why don't you just start with kind of the origin and where the song fits and the idea, and we can go from there. Yeah, this one was, I, I rarely write songs quickly. I usually take months to like land on lyrics. This was not one of them. I wrote the song in pen tie in Bothell by myself. I had a... What was that first word? I thought you said you wrote it in Thai. Nope. Pen Thai. (laughs) Which is is a restaurant. It's a Thai restaurant. Oh, okay. On Main Street in Bothell. Okay. And (laughs) I was having one of those. I'm mostly a stay-at-home mom. I was starting to feel a little nuts and cooped up. And so I took my journal and... Left the kids at home. (laughs) Well, just home alone. (laughs) I don't remember if you took time off or if it was just like an extended lunch. I think it was like a weekend. You just left for... Anyways, I don't know when it was, but it I left, matter. I went to lunch by myself. It was delightful. I cried at the table of Bentai and wrote Revival in the restaurant. So I think I was feeling heavy at the time. So I have grown up in the church I since I was a very little kid. And um, I was feeling very heavy at the time that I wrote this, just about the pressure that you can feel when you're inside the church um, to be a certain amount holy, I would say, or to be able to talk the talk like the people around you when it seems like, like if you're that person where everybody around you seems to be able to like hear from God fairly easily. The amount of times that I've heard people talk about like, so I was praying, I said this and then Jesus said this. And then I was like, well, but that's really hard. And Jesus is like, and then he said, I know it's hard, but I'm here. And then, and then I cried and I realized and it's this like very casual back and forth conversation. Personally, that has not been in my experience in prayer. It hasn't just been that obvious, that casual, that easy back and forth. And I know a lot of people who can start to feel like they're a lesser than Christian because it's not that simple for them. And so this song is more like um, each part of the verses and stuff is just a kind of like a couplet, like comparing two two people, like 
Some feel the weight of your spirit as a very familiar friend. Others only know you in the subtlety, wondering if they should start to pretend. And it, it's not that one of those, the point, the song never answers anything and there's no chorus. It's just a bunch of ooze. So th- that's on purpose. There's the, it's just a lot of like, I noticed these and they're next to each other and they're in the church together, but I don't attempt to answer why or how or anything about that because I don't know so um Mark and I have talked about this but like there's one line that's like for him kind of me saying like I see you I see your experience I see how you interact with faith and you are not lesser than anybody else um so yeah we can get more into like the different lines or the stuff behind it but that's kind of where I was at when I wrote it can I be a host for a second? Yeah. Mark, what what do you feel like is your experience of like <laughs> prayer and faith and things like that? Well, you might be surprised to know, if you don't know me, that uh, I don't fall on the, I hear from God all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I have this very lively, interactive sort of conversation. I mean, so of the of those two sort of uh, people represented in these, in these, in, in the verses, in the song, um, it's much more of a struggle and like kind of a, a hardship for me to kind of get the feeling of like, was this God? Is this something mm. that I have heard or I just decided for myself or, you know, I've had a few experiences through life where I was more active in prayer and really struggling to like make a decision, like some bigger choice or something in life that I just like really felt dependent. Um, and yeah, it, I think that if anything, I was guided um, in in a way to make certain decisions throughout those experiences, but it was never a like, audible clear voice yeah Um, yeah yeah. and so it does like i i find myself in these conversations i find myself more on like the skeptical side of like is that really how it goes for you like how do you i I have never witnessed that yeah and i don't know if that's something in me that like just from a personality or like you know kind of like mental reason kind of is like hesitant and pushes against that or yeah. if it's just like kind of Anna's questions of experiences really do differ from person to person and that's totally fine right um and so yeah I, I think there I mean we don't have to get too deep but like there are a variety of ex- of experiences and and people that discuss their interactions with God or their confidence that they heard or did some or saw something. And then uh, there's people that are kind of on the flip side of that, that are just, they haven't experienced or witnessed something similar. And so it's hard because people want to say, um, this is like how it should be. Or if, if I don't see this in you, something's missing or something's wrong. Um, And I think that's kind of what Anna was tapping into a little bit with the song of like, um, what is, what should we expect? Right? Like, should people fall into these, into these, um, 
like categories or should we just expect a, a range of, of experience? So um, I know, Anna, you were talking earlier about before this, before we, when we were discussing earlier, like the, you mentioned the word pressure and kind of that expectation that like you should maybe change or you, something should look different. Like what, I guess like what led those kinds of questions? Like, have you felt pressure? Have you felt like you needed to change what you were doing because of some experiences you had or saw? Yes, <laughs> I have. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I just have this picture of me as like a teenager in youth group. Um, and every single worship session, I expected that I needed to have some sort of emotional um, breaking I needed to cry in order for it to be an experience with God. And I would sit like on the ground waiting for like God to meet me there. But then there were times that I just didn't really feel anything. And it was a big deal to me when mm -hmm. I was 14 years yeah. old, yeah, yeah. because that was the only way I knew how to experience God yeah. was through my emotions. Looking back on that, I think that's sweet now. Cause I, I look at my 14 year old self. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Like you're a 14 year old girl. That's a rough, that's just a rough year, you know? And, and it's almost the expectation of where you're at maturity wise too. For sure. You know I mean? And I yeah. totally see that. Yeah. But I even think as an adult, there are times where um, I can feel that like people who have had visions, who have heard God's audible voice. I haven't had either of those. And when you're around people who speak that like um, regularly or about it, you start to wonder like, am I missing out on something? Am I doing something wrong? Which is where the, do I not believe enough? And that section of the song, I tried to on purpose. Um, sometimes questions can feel like leading questions. Like, do I not believe enough? People will be like, oh no, of course you believe enough. Like you, yeah. don't, you don't wanna have that be a leading question. Um, and that's why I put the line in like, should I get my hopes up? Because I think any, most people who are Christians, if you're asking, should I get my hopes up that God will answer? They'd say, yes, get your hopes up. So there's like this, my on purpose, I want your answer to be to some of the questions like yes and some to no, because I don't yeah. know. I'm in the thick of it. I am a human <laughs> and it's very foggy. What is the like C.S. Lewis? He calls it the shadow lands. I always like that picture. Like we're, we're down here in the shadow lands and everything feels like confusing, confusing and foggy. Confusy. 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 Uh, and so, I don't know. I think some of it is personal for sure about my own story, but some of it is um, seeing the people around me yeah. and seeing yeah. their experiences and noticing, kind of like you were saying, Mark, that the people who haven't experienced maybe the same sense of like talking to Jesus will wonder like, are these guys over here making it up? And then these guys over here who experience this just regular conversation or whatever, look at these people over here who don't hear anything. And they're like, well, they obviously don't have enough faith or they probably have some, some sort of sin that's getting yeah, in the way of them. Right. Or, but, but like, is yeah. that the answer? Yeah. Is that, are one of those parties actually doing something wrong or is God, God and way transcendent, beyond our experience and like he 
you know, he's got it. He's big. He's in control. I believe that, but it's also, you know, it's hard to be a human. Well, it's funny the so I kind of grew up in the camp of um, Pentecostalism. <laughs> so yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to like, for sure, think of the language. Like I grew up in the the world of um, like being slain the spirit and falling down and all like all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. I I too can seriously resonate with the pressure. And I I remember like. I joke around sometimes that like, I remember having my first like deconstructive thought at like five years old <laughs> being at church. My parents are pastors and, and being at church and just being like, what is happening? You know, not that I didn't think people were having real experiences, but I think for me, it was so hard to, as a kid to understand like what's happening, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Genuinely. But the pressure of getting older, you know what I mean? I remember saying similar thing in, a, in my teen years kind of being like, it's funny. I kind of had like 50% of me that was just kind of like, screw all this. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other 50% of me like really, really, really cared. Mm-hmm. And the like pressure that, because all of my peers were experiencing certain things and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And the older I got, I, f- I wonder how you guys resonate with this. Well, actually, before I say this, I think one of the cool things I've always appreciated about both of you guys is the fact that you guys both really hold the tension of really, really well, I think of both having belief and also living in a world and just being a human, you know what I mean? And there's like a serious contrast in that because I think the temptation Sorry, I don't want to overtake your podcast. No, <laughs> you're, like, you're going. That, 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 that's it. what this episode is all this about. This is my zone. <laughs> I think about this 24-7. <laughs> but there is a serious temptation, I think, in like all theological streams, all like denominational streams to like pick one side. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and I think in picking one side, it's almost, you have to say the other side is wrong mm-hmm. or all other sides yeah. are wrong. Yeah, to a degree. And yeah. I think that, to me feels like such a catastrophic way of seeing humanity where it's like, Oh yeah, innately the, the tribe that I'm picking is the right one. You know what I mean? And hopefully like, yeah, we're all making wise decisions and going, you know, with things that we feel like are really smart and healthy, but to just like blanketly denigrate everyone else who's in the other camp, I think is really messed up. And so I've just like, knowing you guys, I feel like you guys walk that line really well because that's, there's a lot of grief in that tension. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it, it would be significantly easier for all of us to just pick one side and to just go full throttle and just sure. like, okay, this is the only thing I care about now. And I feel like you, when you meet people that are like that, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that. And maybe I'm just like really sensitive to that, but it is very obvious when you meet someone and you're like, Oh, you're just, you not just, but like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you live in a world in a very particular world. And there's not a lot of things outside of that world that you kind of have a reference point to. And so I was thinking about this as you were talking about it. It's really fascinating to me that the song is every is correct me if I'm wrong. Every other line is a different vantage point. Is that right? It kind of is like two that go back and forth between each other, I would say. So you have that kind of juxtaposed, like constantly juxtaposing each other. And then the chorus, which we fought on the last episode, it's is the ooze. Oh yeah, the chorus, the is, chorus the is the ooze. The chorus is the ooze. Oh, the chorus is the ooze. <laughs> yeah. 
the oohs are are something that everyone can sing to hmm. like it's something that everyone can like join in like regardless of where you fall on either side of it like mm-hmm. you can join that together which i think is really like subconsciously really fascinating yeah. <laughs> i don't know that that wasn't if that was intentional or not but like you can't like the cool part about that song and i think the record to me although it's called certain is that there's not much that you can be certain about but on the flip side too i think like the other thing that came to mind as you guys were talking is how like dumb it is that we feel like we have to pick one side Mm -hmm. of this conversation where it's like what if it's just like everyone is called to experience god differently yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like in the way that i experience him with my like life and culture that I grew up in and pain and all of the things that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like I have a very specific, unique way that God and I interact and like you guys, even as like a married couple individually have a very specific way that you guys interact. And then together there's like a mm-hmm. thing that happens. But would you say that the way you said you have a very specific way that you and God interact, would you say you're certain about that? There is a bit No, I'm not. Well, what I'm saying is there is a lot that I am uncertain about. Totally. But I almost feel like the more that you hold all of the stuff you don't know, Mm -hmm. the deeper your certainty becomes about the couple of things that you do. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I feel in this. There is that dichotomy. It's not like, oh, I know nothing. It's like, I mostly know nothing, but there's a couple things that I just it's getting like stronger and more, like deeper feet yes. and deeper roots. Yes. Like the, the older I get. Yeah. And I think the thing to me, I th- I'm, this may not be everyone. I feel like I'm very comfortable with negative feelings and I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable with negative emotions. And even like, I hate not, I don't hate this word, but like, I don't think it's comprehensive, like, but doubting thoughts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm very comfortable with all that stuff. And so for me, like, it's funny because I've for not for all of my life, but a lot of my, a lot of my life, I felt very safe to bring that to my relationship with the divine presence in the world. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just the more experiences you have in the safety of that. I think the more you realize like, we're all just like trying to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, absolutely. And, and like the like 20 year old youth pastor who's like trying to convince his, you know, youth group of like, this is the only way you're like, dude, you are 20 years old and you still have a lot of life to live to like realize like there's a lot happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's also like the more you travel, the more you experience, the more you talk with people, the more you realize like, Oh my God, like God's doing a whole load of different stuff in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like really cool, Mm -hmm. really cool because you recognize how like God is like, like this actually is God's world. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> yeah, we have this like really stupid way. Yeah. Of, we live within like a particular culture and it's easy to get. Yeah, totally. You know, surrounded in that and totally. And, and like the language of a particular culture can normally embed itself in like God language. And so we did sometimes don't even realize like how wrapped up our like understanding of God is within the culture that we're a part of but that's not how everyone else talks about it you know what i mean yeah. and there are there's so many different ways of navigating that and i think that's mm-hmm. the beautiful part of being involved in the conversation but also like the relationships that we each have with the spirit is like it's so different and we can 
we can all figure out like ways of becoming more connected to that you mm-hmm. know what i mean in our own ways so anyway yeah yeah for sure i will shut up now no you're good i mean i i would say i also there is the piece that's about the people but there's also like lyrics like the first one of um the first line of the song when people beg for revival ask uh Asking for your spirit to come, waiting for your spirit to come. Waiting. I don't, waiting. waiting. Yeah. I know my own lyrics. Waiting for your spirit to come. Can there be sacred in the silence, in the waiting stuck in the mud? There was another piece of this to me that, like, in the season when I wrote this, I was very comforted and compelled um, by the concept of waiting. And I remember being like mind blown. So I like, I'm going to plug a podcast here, everybody. I am sorry. Not that this, this one. Is a pod- there are other podcasts that I exist. I don't believe it. Yeah, I know. We should have called it. I'm certain that this is the only podcast. podcast. <laughs> no, so I listen to the right Bible away. Project a lot. I really like the yes. Bible Project. And um, I remember there's this episode that I listened to. I grew up in church, so I know a lot of these Bible stories. And it was mind blowing to me. It like hit me in this moment. So Moses goes up the mountain to receive the 10 commandments. And he waited up there for seven days before God met him. And I don't think I ever thought about that seven day period and how being up on a mountain by yourself for an entire week. And like, you were supposed to go up there and like, there was still no God. And then you wake up the next day and you're I've like, I've never thought about this. Where is God? Oh, yeah. he's still not there. And yeah. the, it was, it was a whole week before God met him. And it was, hugely impactful for me because a lot of times I'll have a moment where I'm like, God, I need you. Will you show up now? And I have 20 minutes. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) true. And then I sit there and then I'm, it's genuinely sad to me when I don't hear from the voice of God, but there was something so comforting to me to realize, Oh, I'm not the first person who's had this experience. And in fact, this might be the way that God communicates. He's slow to speak, right? Like he's, And the idea of like desperately wanting him to come now, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, like, I think there's two of the songs on my record that say like, (laughs) come Lord Jesus, like come now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I also think oftentimes God doesn't come right then. He will come and he's there. And it doesn't mean anything about his love for you, but his time is different than yours and, and, you know, all of that stuff. So it was interesting to me. It's that made me think of how funny it is that like, I mean, I feel like this is fairly obvious, but it was just kind of hitting me like how often we want God to just like react the way we want to react. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I need this right now. And it's like, okay, that's not really helpful. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, because it's like a character forming thing. It's like a human thing, you yeah. know? And I think like there's something so fascinating about like just thinking about, even in the process it's just so nuts to me. i've never thought about the like seven day period of moses being up on the mountain like even like what that must have done to him yeah walking mm-hmm. through the stage of like frustration pissed off all that kind yeah. of thing and then also but also like humanizing and respect and like i don't know there's just so much there that's just so interesting to think about it's interesting because as a reader at least for me you just gloss over those periods of time very easily yeah oh jesus was in the desert 40 days oh cool you know everybody's 40 days or whatever like israelites wander in the wilderness for 40 years yeah yeah 
you're like, wait a minute, it was 40 years? Like, that is shocking. Yeah, whole generations are just <laughs> skipped. And that's it. And then they died in the wilderness, and that's the yeah. end of their story. But yeah. um, I think that it's comforting to me because there are times where, again, getting to that feeling of like, I've had times where I actually feel, I don't know if it's ashamed, but like seasons where I mentioned this in, I think it was the last like change when we talked about that song that I've had really, really bad insomnia for the last like six years. And there are times where I've come downstairs, sit on my couch, middle of the night, and I'm like genuinely struggling. Like my, your emotions go nuts at 2 a.m. And you're sad and you're mad and you don't understand why you're still not sleeping. And I have like begged Jesus in those moments to meet me there. And the sweet thing is he has sometimes, but the majority of the times he has not. <laughs> in the way that I see meeting me there, like emotionally feeling some sort of comfort, I guess I would say. And um, it gives me so much comfort to see there's not, I didn't do anything wrong in that moment. Yeah, totally. Right? <laughs> right. That God didn't come. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah, yeah. mean that God's unfeeling and doesn't care about me that he didn't come. Right. That's actually a pattern when you look at yeah. it. There are times where God is loving by coming in and swooping in and doing the thing you're hoping for. And there are times where God's loving because he, he didn't or he's waiting. And But isn't it wild that we put the pressure on God? Yeah. Like, oh, that's totally. That's the thing that I keep coming to is, is like, especially over the last few months is the amount talk about pressure. Like mm -hmm. it's almost like a projection of the pressure that we experienced. You know what I mean? It's like, like come and come right now yeah, and come in the way that I, I need it right, and yeah. all right. this stuff. And it's like, and I think that the, I think on one hand, like that does happen sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really beautiful. On another hand, I think there's, there's so much in the like, no, you're going to, I'm with you. And because I'm with you, you're going to figure this out kind mm. of thing. You know what I mean? And not as like a, I'm going to do it on my own, but like, I don't know. There's just something about the, like, I mean, I think you said it waiting is just really valuable, really mm -hmm. valuable. Cause I think there's something in that, that also waiting allows you to, if you let it, it allows you to honor your own emotions and feelings toward it, which is like, I might be really pissed right now. And instead of letting these feelings, like asking for these feelings to be taken away, maybe I need to honor the fact that I'm like really angry about something. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. it's really interesting how like, even in that, it's like, there's a lot of humanizing that can happen in those moments versus just like, yeah, come take it away. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, totally. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's really funny how, it's funny how oftentimes we want, what the thing that we want is actually like dehumanizing. And mm. the thing that God's giving us is like, humanization again yeah. you know it's really cool asking for your floodgates to be open do you ever say no or not yet leaving mystery instead of words spoken some feel the weight of your spirit as a very We can talk more about, let's talk a little bit about the, like the music of this one. Um, unless you have anything else to say in your The only other thing that struck, that struck, no, this is not deep. There's one line that became, I don't know if I should even say this, you can uh, delete this later, but 
uh, there was one line that became like a joke of the record. Oh, yeah. And that is... Sweet little tug. Sweet little tug. <laughs> <laughs> There's another line of the record, too. Yeah. Yes, but, that's true. But for well, this that, one, we'll talk about... That's an interesting point, because, I mean, I am terrible husband sometimes, and mm-hmm. will be too blunt or poke fun at things. And Anna's like, this is this is my song. Like, stop, <laughs> you know, like... I'm just like, well, that's kind of a silly line. She's like, I'm keeping it. I don't oh, even yeah. care. Oh, yeah. I actually like- still feel very... So, <laughs> it is... Sweet little tug is funny. Like, when you just say, oh, that's sweet little... You think of a tugboat. You know, it's like... <laughs> oh, all, it's yeah, a really yeah. nice yeah. mental image, you know. Yeah. But there's something about it that I was trying my best to explain in words the feeling of the Holy Spirit. And mm. that is very difficult to write into anything. And so that's why, like, I said, like, should I get my hopes up or are you in that sweet little tug? And that's literally, I know it's like a silly line, but it's as close as I could get to what I feel like the pull of the Holy Spirit Yeah, when he speaks to me. Yeah. So that's what I went with. Yeah, I love it. While you're wondering about the little tugboat. There was a time, this is absolute tangent at this point, (laughs) but there was a time where we were shortening all the song titles to two words. Oh, yes. I don't even know why. This was called Little Tug. And I said <laughs> Little Tug for this one. Because, and it was like, I mean, we both knew exactly what I was talking about. Dude, that, was, <laughs> that one would have landed on all the playlists. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe let's go just briefly into uh, a bit of just like the production or, you know, sonic decisions of this song because it's very i mean these two songs as kind of a pair there's no drums it's very stripped back um there's a lot of noise on purpose well Mm. yeah this one in particular so yeah you come out of this like very reverby choral thing that kind of comes from this and then it leads right into it with just this like scratchy noise Mm -hmm. and acoustic guitar but like i don't know maybe explain kind of what well, your vision mics. was. I mean, we recorded the guitar and the vocal synonymously. And this is the only song that used that particular vocal mic. So it sounds different than the rest of them. Um, but I loved the fuzz, the room noise. Like there's something to me that feels more um, vulnerable or like real when you hear it. I personally like, um, I think we... Dan and I talked about this a lot. Like I push against the overly produced, like glossy, finishy, maybe even to a fault. I don't know. Maybe we could have upped the reverb a little bit (laughs) on my vocals. The vocals are like straight dry on this entire album, (laughs) (laughs) but mostly, mostly dry, I guess I would say. But um, I just liked the, the kind of organic grittiness to it. And so, yeah, the, the vocals and guitar were, Recorded at the same time, so they're the same same take and one take situation. Right? Humble brag. Yeah. 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 Well they had to be. Because it was all just yeah. one. Yeah. They definitely were. And then it was just vocals. The only thing we added really was like a synth bass at the very end because we wanted it to like kind beef up the low. Yeah. yeah. You're right. There isn't anything else mm-hmm. happening in the track. It's pretty cool. I will just, for the record, note that Daniel Fogato played the guitar part. 
<laughs> yes, he did. I should know. Nailed it. I should know. With a rubber band on the guitar. Yes. We, you know, it's a big thing in music right now to get these guitars that have these rubber bridges on them and everybody's playing them, but I can't afford them. (laughs) And so what I did. So you know what you do. I bought a bag of rubber bands and wrapped them around the strings and we made it work and it was great. That sounds cool. Especially toward the end. You hear all these like harmonics and stuff. It's, it's, yeah. I should know. I mean, to be completely honest, I didn't like the song when I first heard it. And it yeah. was just like, a, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was just, it, it didn't like, I couldn't tell if it was like too vulnerable <laughs> for me or like what it was. I just like, sometimes I get scared of songs. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> it's like hard to admit out loud, <laughs> but sometimes I hear a song and I'm like, nope. Can't not, go there. Not today. <laughs> not today. But um, I really like this one now. I really do. And I think it like, it's really cool that it sits basically in the middle of the record. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's funny. I, f- I think like I actually resonate with it, the lyrical content more than I realized, which I think is pretty cool. So it's cool. Kind of like going on a process with a song. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, I just think I th- it's a good change from some of the other stylistic things happening on the album with like a little bit more soul and, you know, groove and things that we've, talked about and will come again later but like this one just kind of has its own distinct place um like sonically and and the fact that it kind of sits in this transition period in the album i think is really nice so i hope everyone else enjoys it as well we'll play the rest of the song and or the song in its entirety revival Start to pretend Ooh. 